This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. I would like to title my sermon as Two Are Better Than One. Two are better than one. In today's Christianity, we come across people who are already done with God. They say that I am a Christian. I was a born Christian. But now, I'm living in a time that I don't have anything to do with God. Some of the people we come across, they have already said goodbye to the churches and ministries. And some of them even, they have said goodbye to God himself. If you ask them, they may say different reasons because of the decision that they have taken in their lives. Most of them, they are going to say that it is all because of my past experience with churches and ministries and even with God. People even say that I have trusted God, but I never thought that God will let me go. But God has done that to me. So I decided not to follow this God anymore. You know, most of the time, if you just talk to them, take some time and talk to them, they say, I have seen people falling in front of my own eyes. I have seen spiritual leaders, those who are not faithful to their to what they teach. They have tried everything, but nothing worked out. So I have come to this conclusion of quitting God. Once they were on fire for God, but now they become very cold and they are no more burning. You know, why such spiritual burnout or breakdown is happening in the midst of children of God? You know, God was putting these thoughts in my mind during the last week. It's all just got triggered when I was in a phone, not even a phone call. It was, I was in a text conversation with someone. And the words that she spoke to me, the words that I started receiving in that text conversation, that made me to really think about really what's going on. And I was asking God, Lord, what should I teach this week? And that was the birth of the sermon. You know, why is that spiritual breakdown break is happening in the midst of the children of God? You know, there are various reasons scripture, it talks about on one getting into a state of spiritual apathy or spiritual indifference, or coldness, or even we can name it a spiritual numbness. People of God, they get into a state of spiritual numbness and they are no more responsive to the Holy Spirit. You know, if some of, some of us are going through that, God wants you to listen to me this morning. And God wants you to get out of that situation. And I believe you are listening as well as there will be many other people they will be listening to the, through the internet as we are getting recorded these messages. I just want to listen to me very carefully. You know, if we continue to be in that state, we may say that I'm not quitting God today. I'm not really angry with God. I want to grow in the Lord. But if we continue to remain in that cold state for a long time, no doubt that one day we will feel like that walking away from God. But it is right time that we need to come back to God when we need to set things right with God. You know, this kind of spiritual burnout or apathy or coldness or indifference is certainly not from God. You know, I want to make that very clear. It is really not coming from God. 
It is not even from the past experience as we think. It is not from our own flesh. I would say it is from the devil. It is from the devil. The spiritual numbness is coming to people and families today. It is from the devil. You know, how do we say that it is from the devil? The devil comes in the picture when God's word is not understood properly. Devil comes the moment we misinterpret God's word. Devil comes in the moment we don't understand God's word correctly. You know, we know that the devil really doesn't care about our qualification. Devil really doesn't care about our experience. Devil really even doesn't care about what kind of gifts you have. But he does care for the word of God. He does care for the word of God. If the word of God is preached right correctly, if the word of God is understood correctly, if the word of God is followed correctly, devil has no room there. You know, one of the many different reasons today the children of God burn themselves is due to one of the many different reasons is mixing up their roles and responsibilities, their spiritual responsibilities as an individual and as a group and as a church. They mix up their roles and responsibilities in their spiritual life as an individual and as a group. I just want to take it further a little bit. You know, there are certain things God wants us to do alone. But at the same time, there are certain things God wants us to do as a group of believers. There are certain things God wants us to do alone. There are certain things God wants us to do as, an in, as a group or as a church. The scripture for today's sermon is from Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Psalm, proverb, and Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 to 12. Scripture says, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they will, be, they will, keep, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12 says, though one may be Overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. A threefold cord, cord is not quickly broken. Here, scripture talks about a specific things, the areas in our lives where God wants us to work, not as an individual, but as a team. You know, there are many people, they burn themselves because they don't understand what scripture is talking about here. You know, when scripture says two are better than one, scripture is pointing out the importance of unity. The need for church being together. The need for church to grow together in the Lord. You know, there are four major aspects where God wants the church to be together. As we read in the scripture, I don't know whether you see that, but I see that there. You know, these are my own meditation and my own revelation, not really copied from somewhere else. I do copy some quotes, but not the sermon, not the sermon. So these are all what I God revealed to me. So listen to me. Number one, there are four major reasons why God expects us to be together and not to get ourselves burnt out. Number one, as we read in verse nine, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Two are better than one. If we are together work, we get a better reward. 
that's true in any business. If people are together, joined together, and they work, you know, that's where we see the major reward, major return coming back. I believe it's the same with God's work too. You know, God's work needs to be done by the whole body, not by just one member of the body, or not just by few members of the body. God's work needs to be done by the whole body. You know, as an individual, if we start to do the work of God, it will never be done. Do you know that? If as an individual I start or someone starts working for God, how do we reach out the entire community? How do we reach out the entire world? God's work is not going to be done. We need an army of men and women to do the work of God. We need an army, whole army of men and women to do the work of God. You know, if we don't do that way, God's work is going to be delayed. God's work has a limited time. Do you know that? The people die on this world every day. If we don't receive, reach them without gospel, with gospel before they die, we are losing them. We don't know when the end is going to come, when the Lord is going to return. You know, there are many uncertainties on our way that tells us the time in front of us is very short. And God is expecting us to overcome the obstacles in front of us, not as an individual, but as an army, but as a group together. You know, look at a builder who's building a tall building or maybe a skyscraper. Do you think that the owner of the contract or the contractor or the owner of the building or the builder, he will come and sit and start building by himself? No. He is going to bring hundreds and thousands of men together and he is going to bring, build that building all along together. If he starts building by himself, he is not going to end and nobody is going to give another contract to that man. God's work needs to be done by a group of people, and that group is called the church. That group is called the church. You know, in the same way, if we, if God's work, if that is carried out by individuals, it will never be done. It will never be done. You know, that's why church ministry is very, very important. We are talking about God's work being done together. Because scripture says two are better than one. It certainly means more than one. And scripture says because they have a good reward for their labor. If they work together, they are going to get more reward uh, than just working as an individual. And today as a church, you know, God has given responsibilities to reach out to families and to reach out to the community and society. And God is depending on the church, the body of Christ. I just wanted you to think about it. It took 120 years for Noah to build that ark. It took 120 years for him to build the ark. How many days it took Nehemiah to build the wall? Can any of you remember? Can you just tell me? No? 52. 52 days for Nehemiah to build that huge wall. How long that wall is? Wall was? My last week's sermon. Four kilometers long, four kilometers long, and such a tall and wide wall was built just by 52 days. The reason was Noah was building the ark just all alone. But here we see Nehemiah, the man of God, who was building the, building the wall along with the people of God. The, the, the simple reason that Noah couldn't build because just because he was alone building. But Nehemiah has a mighty army along with him to build the wall around him. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Let's see what Jesus says in this context. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. 
Luke 10.1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two for his face into, the, into every city and place where he himself was about to go. You know what Jesus did? Jesus appointed 70 individuals and he sent them how? How did he send them? Two by two. Just two together. God expected them to be together. God expected them to understand each other. God expected them to have fellowship as they minister in the word of God. You know, there are many initiatives taken by churches today. There are many churches around us. There are many initiative churches they take. But they all soon die because they lack cooperation. They lack cooperation. There are many leaders to lead, but there are very less followers today. God expects us to move forward in this journey together. It is hard to find true disciples. They want to be together in the Lord and learn and to do the work of God. It is hard to find a group of believers with one vision. You know, growing in the Lord and reaching the community, reaching the people around us with the gospel. You know, growing together in the Lord is together making others grow in the Lord. God expects us to be together so that we can together make others to grow in the Lord. You know, that is a mission that God has given us to when they work together. The reward of the labor is going to be very, very high. I believe this is the role of the church. If you want to give the role definition for the church, this is what we say. Grow together in the Lord and to make and together make others grow in the Lord. It is important that the church need to understand this fact very strongly and we need to love each other in commitment with each other. You know, one thing when I, I found when I really moved to this nation, the people are not willing to commit. Have you come across this kind of people not willing to commit for anything? I have come across, I have not really seen that in my country, but then when we come here, this is something which we have seen. You know, maybe because people are busy, or maybe because of their bad experience that they had in the past, we really don't know. You know, God's work cannot be done if we are not committed to each other. Commitment between each other is very, very essential in order to work in the kingdom of God. You know, if you are not committed to the work of God, today we see, you know, people, those who are not committed to the work of God, the moment comes, they run away. They run away. You know, I certainly believe Church of God is much more than, than a social club where we have membership and people are committed to work together. But I believe, strongly believe, the Church of God is much more than that. God expects us to commit to each other as we continue in the work of God. You know, God will make us accountable as he establishes his ministry through us. And God is expecting us to work as one body. Not just the one member. Not just the one member working here and alone, here and there. But God expects us, all the members together, to work. Two are better than one. Tells me the commitment I need to have for the work of God. Commitment I need to have between two. So that, come on, let's do it together. The kind of commitment Nehemiah and his people had was very great. Very amazing. We read that last year. With one hand they work, and with another hand, they protect the work of God. You know, that's the kind of people that God is expecting today. With one hand you work, with another hand you protect the work of God and move forward in the army. God is expecting us to do that. Number two, verse 10. 
For if they fail, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. For if they fail, one will lift him up when they are together. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one else to help him. You know, these two are not really committed to each other. So when they not really committed to each other, then they walk together. If one falls, the other one is not really going to pick, pick them up, pick him up. But if they are committed together as they walk together, if she or he falls, the other one is going to pick her or him up. You know, they are also committed to support each other, to help each other. You know, in this world, there are people to try, they really try to push us further down the moment we fall. Have you come across such people? The moment people have noticed that we have fallen, and there are people out there, they try to push us further down so that we will never get up. We will never get out of it. You know, there are people around us, they try to do that. But God's mandate to the church is to lift somebody up when someone has fallen down. God's given, God-given responsibility to the church is to lift somebody up. The moment we find that, people are falling. You know, today we have seen people, we have seen people, they are not really committed to the churches today. They are not really committed for the fellowship with the fellow believers. You know, but when something happens, they want the church to do everything for them. I don't know whether you come across, I have gone through this bitter experience, even this short experience here, since the inception of this church. I have come across more than one, more than two instances, you know, of people throwing words at us, the church, and to me, and even threatening us, saying that, you have not helped us. You have, you have not helped us. But when we look at them, probably in one case, they have never even visited the church. They were never even part of this church. But still, people expect us to help them when they fall. You know, I was really finding it difficult. How do we do it? There are millions of people out there. How can we become responsible as a church to help somebody who is not really part of this body? I have gone through it. You know, our commitment to each other grows as we grow together in the Lord. As we continue to remind together in the Lord. All of us know the marriage relationship. The marriage relationship is going to break if we are not committed to each other the same way the relationship that we have in the church, not only with the Lord, but also with the fellow believers, there it's going to break if we are not committed to each other. And God is expecting us to have that kind of commitment, that kind of close relationship, knowing that what is happening in somebody's life. You know, all the time if you are worried about our own life, you know what good it is. God expects us to worry about someone who is going through a difficult time. There are people really who really don't belong to anybody. There are people out there, they don't really try to be, get them attached with anybody. But the moment they are in trouble, Scripture says as in 10, for if they fall, one will lift, lift them up, but owe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one really to help. Now it's God's mandate that we need to help somebody who's really following who's really attached with us. That doesn't mean that we need to help. We don't need to help out somebody else.
but then the commitment is totally different. We need to preach the gospel. We need to love them. But then when they are become our part of our fellowship, we have more commitment than we, towards them. And uh, as a believers, we have more commitment towards each other. I just came across this quote from uh, Chuck Swindoll, and he says it this way, friendships must be cultivated. They don't automatically occur when calamity strikes. And I have never heard of a rent-a-friend business either. You can't just go out and rent a business, rent a friend for, for the time when we go through trouble. You cannot be determined to walk alone and expect everyone to come running to help you when you fall. If there is going to be someone there to help you when you fall, you need to make sure you are walking with people you can trust before you fall. You need to cultivate friendships while you are on your feet. For two are better than one when you have fallen down. Even though he puts it as friendship, I'm not saying it's a friendship. It's a friendship we have spiritual relationship with how we have with the Lord and we have with each other. Number three, as verse 11 says, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 11, Again, if two lie together, lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? How can one be warm being alone? You know, certainly, we need each other to grow in the Lord. No one can really say that I can just live by myself. I don't need anybody else on this world. On this world, then probably he must be a liar, right? We all need each other. We all need support. Need to support each other. You know, today the world out there it talks about the power of community. There are big communities than church today out there in the world. They are so strong. They are so strong. They talk about the power of the community. They talk about collective wisdom. They talk about pushing the limits. If you have limit as an individual, when you all join together, we can just push the limits and go further beyond. They talk about borrowed motivation. When you are going through some difficulties, when you are discouraged, just look at somebody who is really doing well. It's called borrowed motivation. Accountability. There are so many things they talk about and they understand very well. But unfortunately, it's a shame to say the churches today, they don't realize how to be together, how really to live together and do things for God. These communities, they grow and they stand for each other very strong. But look at the people of God. They don't trust in each other. They don't believe each other. People of God, they hate each other. They don't try to grow together in the Lord. But God Almighty is expecting us to grow together as a community of God. Remember, you need somebody in your, in your discouragement when you are going through. Someone is needed there to encourage us. Unless we are not committed to that person, we cannot really expect an encouragement from that individual. God is expecting us to commit to each other. Having a spiritual relationship. Know each other so that we are right there to help somebody who is going through difficulties in their lives. You know, if the church is not praying for you, if the church is not encouraging you, it simply means two things. Just listen to me. If your church is not praying to you, praying for you, if our church is not really encouraging you, it means two things. Either 
you are not committed to the church or the church is not committed to you. Either the church is not committed to you or you are not committed to the church. You know, God has made the church as a body of believers just to encourage each other. Just to encourage each other and to build us together in God. You know, today, many people, they fight their disappointments just all alone. They don't even share it to anybody. No one from the church really cares for them. No one from the church really making a call to them, try to find out what is really going on in their lives. I'm finding it difficult to understand that part. Now, two simple questions that we need to ask within ourselves. Do you have anyone from your church called you? Or do you have anyone from your church just a phone call away to share the kind of burdens that you are going through? If not, it's not worth. Has anyone called you from the church in the recent past just to inquire about you? If not, it's not worth. It's not worth. God expects commitments. God expects us to commit it to each other as we grow in the Lord. Alex Haley, the author of the novel Roots, the saga of an American family, he has a picture in his office showing a turtle sitting on a fence top. A turtle sitting on a fence top. The picture is there to remind him of a lesson he learned long ago. If you ever see a turtle on a fence top, fence post, you know he had some help. You know he had some help. If it would not have just got there if someone else has not really helped it. Haley said every time he says, I write something significant and being to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on the fence top. The moment I look at it, I remember he says that he did not get there on his own. He had someone helping him to get there on the fence top. It is so true. God wants us to help each other, support each other, and live together in harmony as we do the work of God. Finally, number four, verse 12. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And I believe many more can really chase them out. There is a power as we stand together in God, for God. You know, God wants us to be together to do the work of God effectively. God wants us to be together so that we may be lifting up someone as someone is falling down. God wants us to be together God, because God expects us to encourage someone who is going through discouragement. And finally in verse 12, God says, God wants us to be together when we are under the attack of the enemy. When we are under the attack of the enemy, God wants us to be together. You know, scripture says, if you stand alone, you will be overpowered by the enemy. God is warning us that don't stand alone. Don't stand alone. You will be overpowered by the enemy. You know, there are some attacks that you cannot face on your own. There are some battles that you cannot fight on your own. 
There are some enemies you cannot defeat on your own. There are some attitudes that you cannot bring them down by your own. There are some habits you find it difficult to quit from those habits. There are some problems that you cannot solve by your own. There are somebody is needed to pray with you. Somebody is needed to motivate you. Someone is needed to help you. Not every time, but there are times in our lives when we go through downstream, when we go through difficulties in our lives. For example, if you are dealing with sickness, do not try to battle that sickness just all alone. Share it with somebody on whom you can trust. And take his prayer. Take his, her prayer and ask somebody to pray for you. It will help. Do not deal with the depression. Just try to fight it out by yourself. It's not going to just go away. You need the strength of God. You need somebody who is filled with the Holy Spirit to pray for you against those enemies they are working in your lives. If you are dealing with it, Addiction, if you are struggling with fear and abuse and the threat and so many other things on this earth, we need somebody to pray for us, somebody to help, to help us. Scripture says, if you are battling alone, you will be overpowered. You will be overpowered. We need to bring such people to the church and pray for them. You know, God expects us to pray for them. And God expects us to intercede for them. You know, if we, the moment we feel that there is no, no one in the church to pray for and to intercede for, you lose the trust. And as a church, God expects us to pray for others. I really thank God for the, uh, for the ladies who come here on Thursday. And as I keep sitting there and do my work, I keep hearing all of your names. I don't know whether you believe me or not. I keep hearing all of your names as they cry out to God and pray. You know, if your church is not able to commit that, at least that prayer for you, for a believer, I really doubt what's really going on there. Scripture says if you are battling all alone, we may be overpowered. We may be overpowered. Let's read one more scripture before we close. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. Scripture says, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with Do you experience that in our church today? Do we experience that in our church? If one member is going through some difficulties, are there people out there to share the difficulties that we go through? God expects us to do that. God expects us to do it. Otherwise, one is going to be drowned in their difficulties. God wants us to stretch out and reach them. When children of Israel were battling against the Amalekites, Moses' hands were stretched. Moses' hands were stretched. As he was holding up his hands, children of Israel, they were forwarding in the battle. The moment Moses puts his hand down, hands down, the Amalekites were overpowering. And as Moses was stretching his hand for a moment, for a long time, in fact, his hands became weary and became heavy. And scripture says Aaron and her, they were needed to support his hand. You know, that's what God expects. We need to support each other. We need to strengthen each other. We need to uphold each other when they go through difficult times. And today morning, God is speaking to us. There are four areas God has spoken to us that we need to be together for God, in the work of God, 
lifting up somebody who is falling down, encouraging somebody who is going through difficult times, and praying for someone, interceding for someone who is under the attack of the enemy. Being said all this, that really doesn't mean that every time we can be together. We, and personally, individually, we don't have any responsibilities. We, can, we cannot really say that. There are two areas at least. We are personally responsible. Number one, our faith in Jesus Christ. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Nobody can say that I, believe in, I really need not believe in Jesus Christ because my wife believes in Jesus Christ. I don't really follow Christ because my husband is following Jesus Christ. Probably that's enough. We cannot really say that. You as an individual, you are responsible for your faith in Lord Jesus Christ. We need to have a fellowship. We need to have our personal walk with the Lord. You know, today there are people, they are trying to hide under somebody else's anointing. There are people, they are trying to hide under somebody else's leadership and authority, and it will not work. It will not work. It may work for a moment, but the moment you lose your personal communication with God, your relationship with God, that anointing is not going to help. God expects us to develop that faith, that relationship individually with him. Elvis Presley, you know this man, he was wearing a cross in his neck. He also had the Star of David, and he also had many other medals around him. Someone came and asked Elvis Presley, what is your faith? What is really your faith? And this is what exactly said. he said. He replied, well, I don't want to miss getting into heaven on a technicality. He wanted to keep everything around him so that he thought he can go to heaven. It's not going to work out. If you want to go to heaven, we need to have that personal relationship with our Lord God. God expects us to react, work individually there. Number two, on God's call. On God's call, when God wanted Paul to go and preach the gospel among Gentiles, let's read from Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 and 2, 17. God is calling Paul and asking him to go and to preach among the Gentiles. And let's see what's going on here. Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 to 17. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. And verse 17 says, Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. You know, when the call of God came upon Paul to go and preach the gospel, he had to take a decision by himself. He, cannot, he couldn't really wait on a group to call everybody and to discuss, God is speaking to me this, can I just do this? No, Paul was not just waiting for that. That decision was taken by him alone. That doesn't mean that if God is calling us, we don't even tell our spouse and just go to quit the job and go to God's work. No, it's not that. God doesn't expect us to take people's opinion when God is asking us to do something. When God is asking us to do something, God wants us to do it Im immediately. Instead, if we ask people's opinion, that fire is going to be quenched within a span of time. And God expects us to take the decision and move forward if God is asking us to do something. And this morning, I believe God is speaking to us. 
There are areas that we need to be together in the Lord. There are areas that we need to grow together in the Lord. There are areas we need to, you need to be together and support each other. There are areas we need to be committed to each other. That's what is called as church. The church is committed. The, the believers in the church, they are committed to each other as they are committed to the Lord. And God is expecting that kind of commitment as we grow in the Lord. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.